So, Amy, did you know that Mr. Rogers was a Navy SEAL sniper in the Vietnam War? Yeah. No. Yeah. He was he was a Navy SEAL in Vietnam. Did you know the reason that he wore those cardigan sweaters was to cover up the tattoos that he had commemorating all of his kills <laughs> on his arms. He had all these tattoos. Aaron. But, like, what? This cannot be true. What? Tell me you're messing what? with me right now. What? What? I okay, can't. well, <laughs> It's not true, but that is a legitimate myth that has existed forever. Oh, that's you still see it. You still see it like on it pops up on social media that Mr. Rogers was this Navy deadly Navy SEAL. <laughs> it was so pervasive, this myth, that years ago, the U.S. Navy had to like they put on their website an official denial. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And it turns out that Mr. Rogers never served in the military. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. He didn't actually. He was not a sniper oh in the Vietnam War. Oh, that we know of. At least. <laughs> that, no, not that we know no of. No one's not admitting a, to it. Not officially. <laughs> wink, wink. But we all know, right, everyone? Right. <laughs> this has now turned into a conspiracy podcast. We hope you're going Secret to enjoy weapon. it. Secret <laughs> weapon. Right. <laughs> Beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Won't you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Tinkle of pianos. And now I'm going to put on my sneakers and my red cardigan sweater. Yes. Right. Oh, got to feed the fish. Right. Well, we got to do that before the trolley comes along and takes us to the neighborhood of make-believe. That's correct. Right? People, I might just, there might be tears shed. I'm just Mm going to warn you because... People people get emotional, myself included, and you too, Dr. Amy. People get emotional about Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Um, And again, like... Uh, reading Rainbow that we discussed in the last episode, which was all about LeVar Burton. Of course, this is all about Fred Rogers, Aaron, and the master. Fred Rogers. Rogers himself, the man. American, American the saint. Man, the myth, the sniper in the Vietnam War. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rogers did more for kids in the 70s and 80s and 90s than maybe any other single person. Mm. Wow, you know? that's a strong statement, and I, I don't disagree. I think that is yeah. very, very possible. So, Aaron, um, you know, like Sesame Street, very similar when they, you know, they came out right around the same time. Uh, yeah. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood launched in 1968 and ran 31 seasons. Uh, wow. Its final episode uh, aired on August 31st, 2001, after 900 episodes. 
Wow. In which Fred Rogers gently guided children and children at heart through important life lessons, Aaron. That's what the man did, and he did it with he did it with grace and he did it with calm and when I think of this show, Amy, I was thinking about this <clears throat> the other day getting ready for the podcast. The word that comes to mind is empowerment. Because I remember as latchkey kids, of course, and we talk about this all the time, we were raised to be self-sufficient, which is, you know, kind of good and bad. You know, I mean, there are some good things later in life about being self-sufficient, but also we were kind of on our own. Well, we had the TV, you know, we were raised on TV. But Fred Rogers was there in the TV (laughs) and he made us feel... I remember even as a young child that he made me feel like somebody saw me and heard me and understood me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was that was the magic of, of Fred Rogers is it wasn't just a great program that was educational and entertaining for children. He really understood and uh, valued, not just loved, but valued children, valued their, yeah. their perspective. I mean, he really... Uh, valued children as people and you could feel it you could totally totally yeah. feel it and he was also so authentically himself you know right In a yeah way he every he show was really, the same really unique he would but just it's so him yeah ah. he would he would come into his house from i don't know work i don't know what he was doing he would come home yeah. he would sing the song right. he would feed the fish yeah. he would change into his comfy clothes uh, he would visit the neighborhood of Make Believe with his friend, a red dinging trolley. He would talk to his neighbors. He had he was friends with the mailman, and and then do you remember he would sometimes he would go on a field trip like to like a factory or something, and and you would learn like how they made you know pop bottles or something like that. You know, I always love those too. I love those field trips. Well, yeah. and just taking it walking. I was talking this, uh, about this with my husband last night. Walking us through the routines, you know, like this is what you do. You get home and you take your jacket off and you put your sweater on. Yeah. And you did, right. Well, that's just, like that's part of life is we have these things yeah. that we do and that we're responsible to do. And so he's teaching, again, latchkey kids, where are our parents, they're at work. Right. He's teaching yeah. us about like some of those life responsibilities too. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Did you ever see the the documentary "Won't You Be My Neighbor"? Oh, a couple couple few years ago. Uh, it, yeah, that's I mean, one of my favorite films I've seen in many many years. I loved it so much. People, if you have mm-hmm. not seen "Won't You Be My Neighbor," you must see it immediately. It's incredible. you're gonna cry though if you grew you up with Mister Rogers like we did. Definitely gonna cry. Yeah. There was also. Yeah. Yes, I have not seen that yet. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I need to see that. That's called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. It's also great, yeah. of course. It's okay. Tom Hanks and it's Mr. Rogers and I mean, come on. But the yeah. documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Ooh, it's wonderful. Wow, 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 really, wow, wow. Wa- really wonderful and insightful and I mean, and, and it really like tells you this. This was all Fred Rogers. Yep. Fred Rogers and it created everything in this show. It was all his idea. He fought for it. He like made it what it was. It was. I mean, he did. He had help. Not to say he didn't have, you know, uh, help and a crew and everything. But he was the visionary uh, that created this show. Yeah. And um, yeah, Doctor Amy's got some fun facts as she always does. I do. I've got yeah. Some, I got some fun 
fun facts about the show and also about the man, of course, because like you okay. said, they were sort of one and the same. So as yeah. a child, Aaron, Fred Rogers was overweight and shy. And he really was, he he said later he was frequently bullied and taunted by classmates. Uh, and so oh, I bet those classmates feel like real jerks now, yeah, they don't they? Certainly yeah. So, you bullied Mr. Rogers. Well, congratulations. <laughs> There's a special place in hell for people like you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so obviously he was really, you know, attuned to and had so much, you know, understanding of, you know, children and what they go through and some of those difficult things. So he actually, uh, he went to Dartmouth for a year um, and then he transferred, he basically dropped out of Dartmouth and transferred to this Rollins College to pursue a degree in music, Aaron. So he, I don't know if you know this, mm. but he was actually an accomplished musician and songwriter and a really good pianist and he wrote all the songs that were on the show and he was really into playing the piano yeah no i remember him playing the piano he was very good at playing the piano he did it on the show there was a piano in his house if i remember right, yeah, that's right. and he would occasionally yeah he he did that and he sang and yeah music was a big big part of it yes. it really was yeah definitely mm -hmm. he of course had legions of unlike our uh you know uh, starting lineup basketball team of fans. He did have le legions <laughs> of fans. Um, but he would receive, I don't know, in the ballpark of 50 or 100 fan letters from children every day. And Aaron, he wow. responded to all of the children. Did he really? Wow. God, that must have taken uh, like hours every day. Yeah, his dedication That's... to this. And oh my goodness. Wow, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. So he mm -hmm. really felt like the show needed to be a vehicle that would guide children through like tricky feelings and even yeah. topical issues. He would get into things like divorce and war and, yeah. and rather than like lecturing kids about things like tolerance or, you know, racism or this or that, he would just do he, he would just do things that would that would model, set an example. Set an yeah. Example. Mm -hmm. So of course the classic example of this and this is back in the early days of of the show. Um, is when he invited his his friend, his black friend, Officer Clemens. You remember Officer Clemens? Yeah. They were buddies. The police officer, yeah. Yeah, the police mm -hmm. officer. And he yeah. had, I mean, this would be a weird thing for adult men to do, but whatever. <laughs> Mr. Rogers had yeah. a little, like, kiddie pool, a little, <laughs> one of those little kiddie pools uh -huh. in his yard. And it was a hot day. And he's like, Officer Clemens, would you like to cool off your feet with me in the kiddie pool? And so they're sitting there side by side with their feet in the little pool together. And, yeah. of course, this was a nod to desegregation and, like, we can right. have our feet in the pool together, people. It's all good. Um, <laughs> right. He did a five-episode storyline in 1983 about, of course, our favorite topic of the 80s, nuclear war. So he Oh, that. gosh. He I don't remember that. I I'll have either, to. Yeah, I'll have he, to go back and. Okay, that's good. That, but yeah, he definitely understood and knew children. He knew. Yeah. He knew how they thought. He knew what they liked. He knew that their fears were. He knew what they struggled to understand. It was really important to him that he didn't upset or confuse them, and so he was really yeah. careful about even just like the choice of words and how things mm -hmm. were explained. Like he was really thoughtful about all of that. I just remember how calm he was. You know, that calm demeanor really made you feel safe. Yes. And he and you're right, he didn't lecture, he didn't talk down to us. He got on our level with his language 
Uh, but he was still an adult, you know, and, and it was important that he was an adult because he gave voice to our feelings and thoughts and fears and insecurities and all of that from the perspective of an adult. And for a lot of kids when, you know, in the 70s and 80s, maybe they didn't have a strong adult in their life that was modeling, you know, that all of the things that you're feeling and you're afraid of and all of that are normal and okay. And, you know, you're right to feel that way. And, um, he just, you know, he, he made you feel safe, you yes. know, what I mean? emotionally safe. Totally, you know what I mean? Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. And another thing that he, I think is just so, um, so much a part of the show and his approach was, was how he fostered this sense of patience. And so Aaron, in the yes. opening sequence, there's a, you may or may not remember this. There's a stoplight. And the light, yeah. the light is yellow. The light is always yellow on the stoplight. Is it always yellow? Yeah, mm-hmm. and so um, that actually was intentional. And the, hmm. the, the idea there was he wanted that as a reminder to kids and also to their parents. Just, just slow down a little. Oh, it was, it yeah. Was, it was slow. Huh. I mean, the show was slow. Yeah, no, it did not move. It's the antithesis of like shows these days with yeah. quick editing and yeah. flashy graphics and everything's coming at you. It was very slow. It was very um, slow, and, he, and that yeah. was intentional because he really wanted to teach patience as a virtue. And so yeah. one example of that, he invites this marine biologist over <laughs> to to the home and he's you know they're going to learn about you know fish and everything else in the ocean whatever it was and so one of the things was they were going to put this microphone in the fish tank um and they wanted to listen to the sound that the fish made when it ate the fish food and the the fish was not cooperating and the marine biologist is like freaking out like trying to get the fish to eat the food and and mr rogers is like it's okay we'll just wait it's fine it doesn't have to uh-huh. happen right now. We'll just sit here and we'll watch and we'll wait and we'll see. I, that was a little bit Bill, uh, Bill Clinton I was just doing. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> totally sound like Fred Rogers. <laughs> My impressions aren't quite as good as Aaron's. They're not quite Maybe as Bill Clinton was kind of channeling <laughs> Mr. Rogers a little bit. I don't know. Now that you mention it. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, he was totally, totally good with dead air time. Like that's, yeah. that's part of life. God. You're not going to get everything right when you want it. And you, you know, you got to learn some patience. And in fact, Eric, wow. there was a study uh, that was done through Yale University that pitted fans of Sesame Street against fans of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And so what they found was that kids that watched Mr. Rogers tended to remember more of the storylines. Yes. And, and they had a much higher, quote, tolerance for delay. Meaning they were more patient. Like they were just. Wow. If you were going to sit there and, and watch Mr. Rogers, like you were going to learn to be patient because it was going to take a while yeah. for anything to happen. I, I remember being just transfixed by that show. And and I think there might be something to that because now when we, you know, we're this is the second part of of our series on educational programming for children. If you didn't hear part one on Reading Rainbow and Sesame Street, go back and listen to uh, the previous episode. But of all of those shows, Amy, and there are a few others too, this is the one I remember the best. This is the one that, I mean, I can totally transport myself to the neighborhood of make-believe, like right now, and I'm hanging out with King Friday, you know, and and the trolley and all of that. 
And and uh, I mean, and that that was very deliberate and slow as well. So I think there is something to the fact that that intentional pace helps you, helps it stick with you, helps the lessons kind of sink in, you know? Totally. So totally. that's and really we, smart. We talked about the fish and how he would always feed the fish. So, um, mm-hmm. so he, at a certain point, he started announcing that he was feeding the fish. He'd be like, and now we're going to feed Mr. Fish. I don't know what the fish's name was, but he would yeah. say it that when he was doing it. And that started happening because he received a letter from a little girl, Katie, five-year-old Katie, who was blind. And she wrote to him saying that she was worried about his fish and whether or not um, the fish were being fed. And so then he would say, and now we're going to feed the fish, everyone. And mm-hmm. so For Katie. For Katie. Oh, Aww, Fred Rogers. That's so sweet. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. We love that Fred Rogers. Um, of course, mm-hmm. Aaron, you mentioned those uh, famed uh, cardigan sweaters. I mean... Oh, yeah. He had an endless supply of sweaters. So the sweaters actually were knitted by his mother. (laughs) Of course they were. Of course they were. But here's here's a problem. She passed away in 1981. And so he tried to keep using those sweaters that she had made as long as he possibly could. But then at a certain point, you know, we needed some replacements. And it was a whole problem because it needed he needed a sweater with a with a smooth zipper. Um, you know, operation because we need to make sure it wasn't going to get snagged on camera, and it right. couldn't, it couldn't be too vibrant. Like there were all these things that needed to be, and they were having a hard time finding it. And so uh-huh. then a producer or somebody spots this United States Postal Service employee walking down the street in Pittsburgh. It, this is where the show taped. It was a Pittsburgh show, and it was like that's that's a sweater, that's a cardigan. We need really that postal a, service a mailman sweater. sweater. Yeah. Okay. They, mm-hmm. they bought them all up in white and then dyed them, you know, to the to the color, and that's how he kept looking like himself through the final episode in 2001. Hmm. Many of those sweaters, Aaron, have been donated to the Smithsonian, so you can view them yourself wow. if you hit up a Smithsonian museum. And he, did you know that uh, Fred Rogers Very cool. was colorblind? So he didn't know red sweater. No. Yeah, he had no idea. Is that? Wait a second. Is that along the same lines of he was a sniper in the Vietnam War? No. Uh, is this a myth? No, I think he was colorblind for real. <laughs> okay. And so yeah, all right. we talked about, speaking of the wardrobe, we talked about how, he, you know, he had that routine at the top of the show, sing the song, take, you know, put the yep. on, do all that. In, the, in the, the little hall closet there, you could see him doing that. The changing of the shoes, Aaron, was actually a practical thing. So he um, had determined that the, the dress shoes made too much noise on the set. Yeah. And so he wanted to, he would change into sneakers, and then that's how that started. And so when oh. I was, when I was sharing this fun fact with my Canadian husband at the dinner table last night, he's like, "Well, that's how you know it's an American show because in Canada they'd be like, why are you wearing shoes in the house at all? Like that's this, <laughs> this is madness that you're putting on yeah. sneakers to walk around your house." They don't. Yeah. Wear, they don't wear shoes inside the house. In I. I. Yes. That's the whole thing. I. I can't. I do not like walking around in my socks. <laughs> but let's not go off on a tangent right now. Oh <laughs> I want to point out real quick. You mentioned the show was filmed in Pittsburgh. Mr. Rogers was from Pittsburgh. Yep. Did you know, Doctor Amy, that there is a statue of Mr. Rogers in uh, Pittsburgh? 
It's really beautiful. It's like it's right on the waterfront of the river. I think there's a couple of rivers that come together in downtown Pittsburgh. Look it up online. Google the Mr. Rogers statue in Pittsburgh. It's him sitting, you know, like he does um, when he's putting on his sneakers, you know, smiling. Yeah, you got to see it. It's really cool. But yes we'll go to pittsburgh we're gonna do one at the at skateland in mesa right of course and then we go yeah to um so you know one really incredible thing that mr rogers did outside of the uh, the program itself this is back in 1969 aaron when this was he was basically unknown at this point he actually uh-huh. went before the senate to plead for 20 a 20 million dollar grant for public broadcasting yes and i'm familiar with this yeah, yeah. i bet you are uh-huh. so it had yeah. been proposed by president johnson but it was in danger of being sliced in half by richard nixon and his passionate plea and i watched this you can watch it on youtube or whatever his passionate plea about how television had the potential to turn kids into productive citizens worked instead of cutting the budget Funding for public TV increased from nine million to twenty-two million dollars. Yes, Thank you, Fred there's Rogers. there's a there's a clip of this that you can find out yep. there on YouTube or wherever yep. of him talking about, and you can he's convincing this kind of, you know, gruff, skeptical senator, yes. <laughs> you know, of the value, and you can just see the guy just melting yes. in front of Mister Rogers, yes. you know. And and I I spent I spent a career in in public radio, and this is to this day that clip of Mister Rogers speaking at that Senate hearing is widely shared and widely revered among those who work in public radio and public television, because it came at a crucial time. NPR didn't exist yet. NPR didn't come around until I believe it was 1971 or two. So a couple of years later, probably because of this money that we're talking about here. So we might not have public television today or public radio if it weren't for the persuasive abilities of the gentle Mr. Rogers at that Senate hearing in 1969. Yeah, it's it's also, you know, I've watched it and shared it, you know, as as an educator, as fellow educators. It's also just an example of, like you said, persuasion and Mm -hmm. just his approach and his style and, like, Wow. He's not arguing, he's yeah. not yelling, he's yeah. not, you know, exactly. he's speaking like he always does. Now, that's, you a, know? that's a pretty well-known, um, you know, moment in history, him doing that before the Senate. But did you know, Aaron, many years later, he actually um, convinced the Supreme Court of this great land that using VCRs to record TV shows at home shouldn't be considered a form of copyright infringement. He argued that recording a program like his show um, allowed working parents to sit down with their children and watch shows as a family. And again, he was convincing with the Supreme Court yes. of the United States. N- now, our, our family never did that, but <laughs> no. this law did allow mom to watch Young and the Restless while she <laughs> ironed her work clothes after dinner. So thank right? you, Fred Rogers. Uh, so mom, <laughs> mom should thank Fred Rogers. Right. Well, mom, go go find Mr. Rogers up there in heaven and thank him. Oh my God! For that is hilarious. <laughs> oh, and then uh, you know, 
you know, of course, many of the characters on the show were actually he named after people in his life. So McFeely uh-huh. was actually yeah, Mr. McFeely, the mailman. Yeah, it was yeah. Actually, that was his grandfather's name, and Queen Sarah. Yeah. Uh, in Make Believe uh-huh. Land, Queen Sarah, his his wife was Sarah, so he named uh, Queen Sarah after his wife, and so Queen Sarah Saturday. That was her oh, full name. She was very like prim and proper. Do you remember? We got to talk about the neighborhood of make believe. Yes, let's do. So it. he'd be he'd be because this was probably my favorite part. Even though like, it's kind of weird. <laughs> like the puppets in the neighborhood of make believe, and they were little hand puppets. They're kind of weird looking, and some of them are maybe like a little bit scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They uh, they're just yeah. they're kind of like I don't know old fashioned. I don't know what you want to call it. But Mister Rogers did all this stuff himself. He was the voice of all these puppets. Yes. You know, he did all this himself. You know. Yes. Um, yes. But so the trolley would come along on the trolley tracks. Yes. He would talk to the trolley, and the trolley was a sentient being. It was like a person. Yes. It would ding and it would move back and forth and it like it was like Mr. Rogers like understood what it was saying. Right. right? Do you remember that? And then it would go it would go down the tracks and it would go through a little darkened hole. And then you were in the land of make believe and you had King Friday, who was this kind of pompous doofus kind of a guy. You had Queen Saturday, Queen Sarah Saturday, who was very prim and proper. You had Lady Elaine who was like this sort of crafty. She was always working the angles, you know? And then you had Daniel Tiger, who was this kind of sad sack kind of a guy who was basically Eeyore. Well, I remember Uh, Daniel Tiger. I remember a lot of conversations. He was very shy. Yeah. Yeah, he needed a lot of of consoling. There was always a lot of conversation with him because he was having some emotional turmoil always and having Right. And concerns. And so, you know, right. one of the one of the many avenues for Fred Rogers to help kids who are, you know, nervous or shy or scared or yes. upset or worried, you know, that kind of stuff. So that was one of the one of the ways that that came out. Oh, yeah. I love I loved the neighborhood of make believe. It was great. Yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was a special I think part. the trolley might have been my favorite character. <laughs> the trolley yeah. was cool. Yeah. But you're right, the yeah. puppets, and now I'm picturing the puppets in my mind, they were kind of weird. Kind of they're kind of weird. They, Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh it was fine, though. So, of course, Aaron, Fred Rogers died in 2003, and PBS uh, published a guide for parents, uh, you know, for those discussions that, they would need to have with their kids about the sad news. And so this is one quote from the PBS uh, guide up on this. They said, remember that Fred Rogers has always helped children know that feelings are natural and normal and that happy times and sad times are part of everyone's life, Aaron. Uh, ah. yeah. And then in 2020, yeah. I don't know if you are, were aware of this, in November of 2020, you have World Kindness Day, Aaron, and so KQED Pittsburgh, which was, of course, the, the station that uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood you know, came out of, they started this thing of encouraging people to wear cardigan sweaters in honor of Fred Rogers on World mm. Kindness Day. And so, Aaron, I'm happy to share with you that in my office of the Elk Grove Unified School District, which is the largest school district in Northern California, we all wore cardigan sweaters that day. And really? Uh, every year since on World Kindness Day in honor of Fred mm. Rogers because it has such an impact on 
education and on children and on so many generations. And wow, 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 wow. Mr. Fred Rogers, American Saint. Thank you, Fred Rogers, for helping me um, learn and grow and understand myself. That's Mm. no joke either, for sure. I'm going to have to go get a cardigan sweater. I do not own one presently. We should have worn cardigan Hmm. sweaters for this episode, but definitely make sure you have one in your wardrobe. And then when you're feeling feeling the the spirit of Fred Rogers, you can wear it in his honor. Um, Eric, a couple of honorable mentions. So uh, we've hit the big Honorable mentions for for educational television programs. Yeah, so we've talked about about the big three, of course. Well, I've got one. Okay, tell me. Electric Company. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Electric Company. Mm-hmm. People yeah. remember Electric Company. Electric it's- Company was kind of like, I'm going to be honest, it was not as good as Sesame Street. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But <laughs> it was on at about the same. I think it was the lead into Sesame Street, it if I remember a, right. I th- yeah. yeah. It was very 70s. It, it only. Yeah. It, it only ran for a few seasons, and it was from 71 oh. to 77, and it had a total 70s vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It totally did. It was like these little sketch comedy things. and it Yeah, had, it was weird. It, it, it had like some... kind of like hippy-dippy a little bit, and like, yeah, like yeah. disco almost kind of vibe. Uh-huh. Yeah, like disco, exactly. Yeah. And it really focused more um, more specifically on grammar and reading skills. That was kind yes, of like yes. main... Yep. It had, do you know about the original cast, Aaron, of Electric Company? No. Morgan, no, I do, don't remember. Morgan Freeman. Rita Get Moreno, out of here, really? Rita Moreno, Bill Cosby. In 1971? Yes. Okay. Oh, Bill Cosby? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. So, Electric yeah. Company. Yeah, not, didn't uh, have the lasting power of Sesame Street, uh, but it was a spinoff yeah. of that same... Um, children's yeah. television workshop or whatever it was uh, that Sesame Street came out of. And then, Aaron, do you remember three, two, one, contact? Oh, three, two, one, contact. contact. Yes, barely. Yes. Contact. And it was like a frog, if I recall, or there was some kind of. Anyway, three, two, one, contact also came <laughs> out of the children's television workshop. That ran uh-huh. from 80 to 88. So that was more like my kind of primetime viewing. Um, okay. But it was a science-based thing. Yes. It was all yeah. about the principles of science and like these different little science experiments and that kind of stuff. I loved that three, two, one contact. I have only vague memories of three, two, one contact. I don't really remember that yeah. too much. Yeah, and then as mm. previously discussed, and this is not a, a PBS thing, but we talked about in our Saturday morning cartoon uh, no. episode. Of course, Schoolhouse Rock. Schoolhouse <laughs> Rock. Ooh. Yes. I'm just a bill <laughs> on Capitol Hill. Hill. That's right. So that, <laughs> yeah. a, Those are great. That came, that came out of the AB, ABC network. So if you watch the uh, yeah. Saturday morning cartoons on ABC, you'd get those kind of interspersed, you know, those little segments interspersed between the actors. They're actually called interstitials. Interstitials, Aaron. Oh, yes. Yeah, what a special, <laughs> special term. Um, Schoolhouse Rock ran from 73 to 84. It was revived in 93, ran for like three or four seasons then. They did some direct-to-video stuff in 2009, but they would cover all the topics of, you know, they had some grammar stuff, which I loved. Of course, conjunction, junction, what's your function? Oh, gosh. Phrases. Um, Right. But science and history and economics and math and whatever, (laughs) they were still so fun, too. So, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, you yes. and I would be homeless on the streets living right. in Oscar the Grouch. Well, we'd, we'd be it. illiterate for we sure. We'd sure be yep. illiterate without yep. all of these programs. <laughs> so thank you, that's, PBS. That's actually not true. Our, our mother really took reading seriously, as we said yeah. um, in the last episode when we were talking about reading Rainbow, and and she really fostered that. So thank you, Mom. And thank Fre- you, Fred Rogers. Thank you, LeVar Burton. Yes. Um, and everyone else. And all the people who, like, worked on these type of shows and continue to, you know, you're doing important work. So thank you. Yes. Wow. Thank you, Manute Bowl who was inside of the Big Bird costume. Um, thank you. Jim Henson, man. Uh, Jim Henson. Jeez. I mean, thank yeah. you, Navy SEALs, for teaching Fred Rogers everything he knew about uh, warfare right. and combat. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my God. I love it all. That's good stuff. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Amy, for all of those fun facts on Mr. Rogers. And again, if you haven't, go out and watch the uh, movie and the documentary. I haven't seen the Tom Hanks movie, but the documentary is called um, Won't You Be My Neighbor? It came out in 2018. It is wonderful. It'll make you cry. Yep. Yep. We are the Latchkey Kids. I don't know what we're doing next week. Do we know what we're doing next week? Oh, my God. It could be anything. It could be anything. Who knows what it's going to be. But we will be back next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.